And we're back with more. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Maybe I should do it more like this for this movie. And we're bark, 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 bark with more of the Pope on film. Act three. Act three. Act three. I'm not sure how good my sound is. Give me a second, buddy. I'm going to listen to this beginning that I'm still doing while we're doing it. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm just continuing talking right now in a regular voice so I can hear myself. Hopefully, you can hear this. Okay, my my sound is kind of shit, but I'm going to get through it. Okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to casually stroll on in to the third and final act of the show. And for those of you who are uninitiated, those of you not in the know, our third act is wherein we focus in on our hand-picked and not available in stores movie of the week. And this week, we start our summer of bottoming with Madonna's 2002 cinematic tragedy, Swept Away, or as I like to call it, Stockholm Syndrome, the movie. This is a piece of shit. And it worries me that it's only going to get worse from here. This is number 100 on the bottom 100 list. It's going to get worse than this. Yes. I, I've I've seen a lot of movies, and I've seen a lot of hardcore movies. I, I I think this is the first movie that ever actually just offended me. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Like I I feel like insulted by this movie. Yeah. You know, like, like, and by by two people that you would think would have known better, you know? This was his follow-up to Snatch! What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Snatch is such a good freaking movie! You followed up Snatch with this! Okay. Um, let, let me so synopsize this movie really quick with an alternate tagline mm-hmm. I have for it, uh, which is basically, you abuse a woman long enough, she'll eventually fall in love with you, usually right after the rape. Hey, I'm going to test my speaker and microphone right now. Yeah. Yes, I can hear that. Do you hear a replay? A replay? What's this? I'm testing the sound. Okay, my sound is working good. Apparently, I don't know how it sounds on Twitter, but it's. it's you sound good okay. to me. Okay, good, good. Um, so we do themed summers here at the Pope on film podcast. We've been around since 2014 and this is our 403rd episode. Don't question it. Anywho, 
So uh, we've done the summer of Star Wars. We did the summer of um, the summer of Saw. We did the summer of um, Fred Willard, which was a whole bunch of fun. And now we're focusing on movies on IMDb's list of the 100 worst films of all time. Uh, the exciting thing is that I have no idea what we're going to be doing next. I put a poll up, uh, and it should be ending sometime soon, if not now. I am not going to check on it. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until we end this segment to check on the poll and see what we're doing next. The last I saw, it was tied. There was a tie between In the Name of the King, a new Wee Bull film, and Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Because everyone knows that who should be Chun-Li? That's right. Um, Lex Luthor's girlfriend from Smallville should be the Asian Kung Fu master in a yeah. live-action Chun-Li film. So uh, I'm not going to check on the results to see who won. We're going to check up on that later, but it, it's exciting because I don't know what we're going to be doing next. And, but anyway, this is number 100 on IMDb's constantly updated, ever-changing list of the 100 worst movies of all time. Uh, I have a lot of backstory for this movie, possibly yeah. too much, but I feel that I had to tell two stories. Where Madonna was when she made this film, what her mindset was, what her backstory was when she made this film, and where Guy Ritchie was coming from when he made this film. So I've got a lot of info here, and it's kind of absolutely insane. So our first movie, number 100, swept away. First off, I have never liked Madonna. No. If I had to explain how I feel about Madonna, let me let me uh, just quote someone, a real-life criminal, who has only been in one real film. I like some of her early stuff, Borderline, True yeah. Blue. Yeah. When she got into that Papa Don't Preach phase, I tuned out. <laughs> um, I feel that Madonna is one of those people that, um, first off, I am pansexual. This is a pansexual flag here. Let me move the, this is a pansexual flag and I feel I am a part of the LBGTQ spectrum. And okay. that's not even, that's not even including the dresses I occasionally wear. So I just wanted to clarify that when I say the following. Madonna has always seemed to be one of those people who is straight, but gay people love her. And essentially right now in 2021, gay people are the only people still propping up her career like Cher. And yeah. she should be more for gay people who are the only people who are still keeping her relevant. At this okay, moment. while you might make a point, I'm going to tell you. Cher loves gay people, and Cher is just like, oh, yes, I love all of you, and let me let me be there for you. And then Madonna's just like, thinks she's the most important person in the world and doesn't care about her straight fans, let alone her gay fans. And her gay fans, I, I would say right now, are the primary people that are keeping her a wealthy, successful Madonna. Okay, but that doesn't mean she owes them anything. Uh, and also, she's a mean-spirited devil woman. Okay, that's great. Yes. But I'm not, I'm not saying, just like Cher doesn't owe him anything. Cher owes nobody anything. 
In 2011, this is my favorite share story, and I think of this all the time. In 2011, she co-wrote and directed a movie called W.E. It's not we, it's W.E. Um, a movie that no one saw. It sounds vaguely, vaguely familiar, though. It cost $18 million to make, and it made $2 million worldwide. So, not a lot of people saw W.E. She went to the Venice Film Festival to promote the film. And while she's there, a fan said, oh, Madonna, I love you. And she's there ready to do a panel in front of a microphone. Oh, Madonna, we love you. Here, I have got you these flowers. And they're hydrangeas. Hydrangeas? Hydrangeas. Close enough. I'm going with hydrangeas. Flowers. And she thanks the fan. But a hot mic catches her. Having a fit about the flowers she was just given for free by a fan. And the hot mic catches her just going, uh, I absolutely loathe hydrangeas if this fan was really a fan then they would know how much i hate these flowers they are hideous can somebody take these the fuck away i fucking hate these fucking flowers and since then anytime someone mentions madonna the only thing i can think of is just oh don't give her free flowers because they might be hydrangeas and she'll fucking shit herself with rage yeah so She'll throw a little diva tantrum because someone gave her the wrong type of free flowers. So I think of that all of the time. So just fuck Madonna. I love how she, I mentioned this earlier, how she's an all-time legendary musician and the world's shittiest actress with the worst filmography. Yes. Two years before Swept Away came out, she starred in a gay dramedy called The Next Best Thing, co-starring Rupert Everett, and I have never fucking heard of this before. Ever. (laughs) She started a movie with Rupert Everett? How did I not know about this? In the year 2000, she made a movie, and she's best friends with this gay guy, and they decide to have a baby together and raise the baby together, but then he falls in love with a guy, and she wants to go and be with this guy and his kid, but Madonna's like, no, we have this together, so they get into a nasty custody battle. Anyway, she won Worst Actress at the Razzies Yeah, in the year 2000 for the next best thing. So... Madonna, I feel, I might be wrong in this, but Madonna, I feel, owes a large portion of her successes from the late 90s, maybe 80s, but late 90s on to now, I feel that she owes her career to gay people. Well, uh, in the year 2000, she marries Guy Ritchie, and that's a turning point in her relationship with gay culture. Yeah. Um. Madonna loves strong men, manly men, angry cishet men, including men who will tie her up for nine hours and beat her to a bloody pulp. Oh, hello, Sean Penn. I didn't see you there. (laughs) I read 
a report on exactly I banged exactly what did Sean Penn do to Madonna and holy shit yeah holy fucking shit Sean Penn should have been should be rotting in fucking jail for a million years for what he did to Madonna god damn he he was like drinking heavily scotch like whiskey straight from the goddamn bottle and he's tied her up beat her with like a lamp and then tied her up with the lamp tried tying her up with the lamp cord and choking her and then just tying her up with rope and punching her and beating the shit out of her and getting like a bat and just like totally fucking her up and then he left her tied up went to go get alcohol more alcohol because he was out came back kept drinking and beat madonna senseless for roughly nine hours wow until she escaped and ran like bloody through the streets begging for help so um there's a fight scene in swept away where if you know of madonna's history is really fucked up yeah but anyway, oh, so now Sean Penn is an activist and he's always fighting for people's rights. And in Katrina, yeah. in Hurricane Katrina, he had a boat that he was in, like a, like an old rusty sailboat and was going all throughout Hurricane Katrina saving people. And there's a there was a picture, a famous picture of him, you know, in glasses so people don't recognize him, just try helping these stranded people on the roof of their houses. And he's got a red cup that he's using to uh, get out the water that was getting into the boat. And it's like, yeah, you can get rid of the water that's in the boat, but you'll never be able to get rid of the sin of beating the shit out of Madonna, Sean Penn. <laughs> we know why you're such an activist now it's so that people forget <laughs> but i didn't forget anywho so in the year 2000 she was specifically hoping to shed a bit of her lgbt friendly image and wanted a rugged manly man and she found guy Ritchie. British writer, producer, director, and manly man. He had a surprise hit with Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, and then he met and started dating Madonna. In the year 2000, Guy Ritchie and Madonna get married. Guy Ritchie releases Snatch, which is so damn good! <laughs> great freaking film Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels is a really good film I fell in love with Snatch and he followed those two amazing movies up with this piece of shit yes what the hell that is insane how do you follow those up with this fucking shit burger because mm -hmm. you're trying to make your girlfriend happy Yes, yes. And also, okay, so Swept Away. I mean, because this has Madonna just all fucking over it. Yeah, Madonna ruined Guy Ritchie for a while. Um, but Madonna is back. I mean, look Swept at the fucking poster, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Swept Away is bad, but it's even worse when you realize that it's the follow-up to one of his best movies. Yeah. You know? So... Side note, Madonna has a big family, and her younger brother is named Christopher, Christopher Ciccone, and apparently in 
2008, he was hard up for cash. So we wrote a tell-all. Yeah. And the tell-all is called Life with Sister Madonna. And in it, he dishes hard on Guy Ritchie. And so apparently, allegedly, Guy Ritchie is 100% obsessed with rugged masculinity in that very specific way that straight, angry, white alpha males are when they're so laser focused on not being seen as gay that they're almost too focused on not being seen as gay. Yeah. One yeah. of those guys who's eating a banana and, uh, oh, hey, no homo, just potassium. I just need potassium. That's I'm quoting a line there. But um, so it makes sense that at the time Madonna wanted to shed a bit of her homosexual base and embrace more uh, of uh, like, you know, straight white femininity. And so it, it, and, and a good a good way to explain this is in the year 2000, Madonna releases an album called Music. And of course, the single Music becomes a gay dance hit. Everyone loves that song. I love that song. That's a great fucking song. Madonna's music uh, turns the bourgeoisie into rebels. That's a great song. <laughs> but... She promotes what she wants her single to be, a song called What It Feels Like for a Girl. Very heteronormative of her. And she gets Guy Ritchie to direct the music video. The music video features car crashes, explosions, uh violence and it's in fact so violent that MTV and VH1 banned the video. <laughs> makes sense that guy Ritchie is this guy who wants to be seen as a guy i'm a guy i'm a straight guy i'm not gay i'm a guy and then donna's like oh i need a rugged man look at guy Ritchie there for it's toxic masculinity yeah so he is so she wants a rugged manly man he is the king of toxic masculinity with lock stock and two smoking barrels and snatch they get together and what they created was this movie it makes this movie makes a bit more sense when you realize madonna's background guy Ritchie's background they got together to make a super sexist film oh okay uh yeah so together madonna and guy Ritchie combined to create a super sexist comedy. Okay. You know, so it kind of makes sense when you realize where Madonna's coming from, where Guy Ritchie's coming from. Yeah. This was a remake of an already a bit sexist 1970s Italian sex comedy. And to be fair, in its defense, in the 1970s, it was less of a shock to see an Italian fisherman abuse and sexually assault a rich woman. Yeah. But in 2002, it's downright barbaric. Guy Ritchie would be canceled if he made this movie today. <laughs> this is a sexist fucking movie. Mm -hmm. This is an insane fucking movie. Okay, so, buddy. Like I say, it's, it's the first movie I've ever seen. With all the shit I've watched, I, this would be like the first movie I could think of that's offended me. Yeah. This film was more offensive than uh, Crispin Glover doing a film that features blackface with an all-special-needs cast. I don't remember the blackface. 
I don't. I remember the horrible song. I I don't remember either, but someone online said there was blackface in that movie, and I don't want to go back and check. Uh, Crispin Glover did a movie that that stars him and an entire cast of special needs people. So, Bonnie, why don't you hit us with the plot of the Guy Ritchie Madonna film, Swept Away? I will be um, swept away by your plot description. I'm pretty sure I already did, didn't I? You abuse a woman long enough, she will fall in love with you. Usually, right after the rape. Wait, he's not talking about Fifty Shades of Grey? No, we're talking about Swept Away. Uh, Madonna's married to Captain Christopher Pike of the USS Enterprise. So this this movie is overboard, but not funny. Ooh, that's good. Uh, overboard without the amnesia. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're on a boat. He works on the boat. She is a rich bitch on the boat, and she is so over-the-top bitchy that I'm like, okay, like at this point, I don't care, okay? I don't want I don't want to see her happy. I don't want to see her fall in love. That's it. Push her overboard so- and have yeah. done with it. She is so fucking horrible in the first half hour of the film that you would need four more hours to make an audience feel sympathetic to her. Yeah. That she's such a horrible woman in the beginning of the film that like, oh, now you're in the island and the tables are turned. We don't care. Yeah. You know? Plus... I can't fully tell when the Italian characters are speaking Italian and when they're speaking English. Yeah, I had some trouble with that, too. Real hard time with that. What are you speaking? I cannot believe that the men... Which were the only interesting elements of the movie at all. Yeah. That group of guys that we saw a couple of times. You know? I can't believe fucking dryer. You know, it's fine. We're doing it on laundry day. It's fine. So I can't believe that the man who wrote the incredible 2019 film, the gentleman also wrote this piece of shit. Yeah. Just want to take this time to say the gentleman is a wonderful film. And the, 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 I keep forgetting what it's called. Uh, it's cheese. White Widow Super Cheese. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. White Widow Super Cheese. Okay, so continue with the plot. So there is a a, a a dashing young deckhand who pushes back a bit. He's he's very angry. One of the write-ups said he was a communist. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Okay. Uh and then she's being a bitch. She wants to go out on on uh, like a dinghy, uh, but he's advising against it because of the weather. But you know they've been fighting all along, so you don't you, even here you don't know to like believe them, you know. But yeah, they both go out on the dinghy and they like get lost or some shit, and they're trapped on a desert island. 
So that was the good part of the movie, I guess. Because now as soon as we get to the island, he starts becoming a raving idiot and an abusive fucking monster. And I'm like, okay, you know, just because you... Okay, movie, just because you made me now dislike the only shot of a likable fucking character does not make me like her anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She She's not getting points because he's a bastard too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So basically, we have two twisted people on an island together, uh, and I think Tasha mentioned Fifty Shades of Grey. This is pretty much Fifty Shades of Grey in the sand. Yeah, you know where he's Man, basically any, pretty much debasing Madonna. And, like, I still don't care, you know, but, like, you're both fucking disgusting now, you know? You're both horrible. And then he rapes her and they fall in love. Yeah. Hooray! Happy ending! Hooray! Everyone's fine! So, like, like, I don't know how to, like, like, really rate this movie... Because it's kind of in a class of its own. I think I'm going to give it like... I I think I can only give it one room. You know? That's a, I forgot. That's a great rating system. Yeah. And that's still being a little harsh to the room, I think. Yes. You know? Because yeah. re- they don't uh, balance, you know? Hey, look, no, absolutely the, time, not. the Room is a movie that you get from a guy who never made a movie. That's what the, yeah. that's what the Room is, and it's like kind of hard to blame him for that. And it yeah. wound up catching on in spite of itself. But now we have, like, big-name people doing a movie that, like, like I said before, like, you, people who cho- who should have known better, you know, than to make this movie. Yeah. Triplehorn is in this. Who what? Gene Triplehorn? G- Gene Triplehorn? Yeah. Who is it? Jeanette Triplehorn. Anyway, Triplehorn is in this movie. Wasn't she also in Waterworld? I don't know. Wow, that would be two epic bad movies for her. Maybe that's why we don't see her anymore. Um, okay, so this movie cost $10 million to make. It made $1 million worldwide. How much? $1 million. In Italy? It only made eighty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah. 
This is such a huge bomb. It was never released in theaters in England. In Guy Ritchie's home country, this was a direct-to-DVD release. Yeah. Number one. And then, and then, uh, uh, um, so they fall in love on the island. and So much so that Madonna sees a boat. And instead of calling for it, she hides. Yeah. Because she's in love with him. But but then, like, later they both see a boat. And she's like, no, don't call it. I want to be with you here on the island. And he's like, I want to be in love with you. We're in love. And our love can survive anywhere. So we're going back. I'm going to call this boat. And we're going to be rescued. And they get rescued. And immediately... Captain Pike from Star Trek breaks them up. Yes. End of film. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Say, I, I don't think I have enough film uh, experience to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, very Italian ending. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if that's even but I'm going with it. So this was a huge bomb. Guy Ritchie is real hit or miss at the box office. Yeah. Because, like... I'm going to say miss. (laughs) This movie was a huge bomb. He made a 2005 film called Revolver that cost $27 million, but only made $7 million. And in 2017, he started what was going to be a six-film King Arthur franchise. The first one cost $175 million to make and made $148 million and lost Warner Brothers over $150 million. Yeah. It really hurt the studio, and now we'll never see the other films in the series. But those he did the two Sherlock Holmes movies, and combined, those made a billion dollars. Yeah. Were were those pre Iron Man? Uh, they were like those right were alongside of Iron Man. But those were huge. I never saw either of those. I I didn't care huge. for it, and I don't remember what happened. Huh? Yeah. So his two Sherlock Holmes movies made over a billion dollars, and he did a live action Aladdin movie that made a billion dollars on its own. Oh. It starred someone who was in The Old Guard? Oh, yeah, Will Smith. So, uh, real hit and miss. Uh, Swept Away is a remake of a 1974 Italian comedy called Swept Away by an Unusual Destiny in the Blue Sea of August. Oh, Jesus that's the full Christ. title of it. Yeah, that's the full title of it. So here's a strange fact. The original 1974 Italian comedy starred uh, Giancarlo Gian- Giannini. And the star of the remake is Adriano Giannini, the son of the star of the original film. Okay. Number one, congratulations to you. You are living in your father's footsteps. On the other hand, 
Shame on you for bringing shame to your family name. <laughs> your dad's film was uh, hailed as a, a genius work. Yours is one of the worst films of all time. Hey! Opa! So congratulations to you. The original writer-director of the original Italian one was a woman named Lena Wertmuller. Yeah. And when, so this is a remake of her film. And so when they made the film, they had the premiere and they invited her to the premiere. Because that's what you do when you remake a film. You have the original filmmaker come to see your film. And as the story goes, she left the theater crying and screaming, what did they do to my movie? Why did they do this? Which fun fact <laughs> was also the same thing said to every audience, said by every audience member who left the theater when they saw this film. <laughs> See, I, I, I'm of two minds here, okay? I am really curious about the first movie because there is a wide spectrum about how you can handle this, this same material. You know, if we, if we took this movie, okay. stripped it down to its essence, we could do that in a lot of different ways. So I'm kind of... Uh, okay, so on I'm one glad. hand, I kind of want to see the original... But on the other hand, I want to go to that place Jim Carrey went to to have every bit of this fucking movie and to any tangential knowledge of it burnt from my brain. Yeah, that, that would be good. I am glad you mentioned that because I think from what I can tell, the Italian film... Um, had more of a class warfare message than Madonna's, I think, lacks. I think when it comes to the original Italian, the, I, the, the premise of the film was more along the lines of she is the 1% and he is the lonely worker. Yes. She is capitalism and he is the proletariat. And now that they are stranded on this island, the roles have been reversed and the worker controls the means of production. So he is the powerful one and she is down there. Yeah. But what yeah. if they now have a relationship and they are rescued? Can a one percenter who is now the lowly worker and the lowly worker who is now the one percent, can this relationship survive when they return to a capitalist society? I think that's what the Italian film was more along the lines of. Yeah. But when you get something subtle like that and you put it in the hands of Guy Ritchie, you just lose the meaning. Yeah. I think that's what happened here. You know, like I imagine that this film goes over better in Italian, but in the hands of Guy Ritchie, it's just creepy sexism and it's gross. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the direction they chose to take to take it. I yeah. mean, again, like the plot is so simple. It, it could be a cartoon if you want it. You know, yeah. she, she's a purple monkey <clears throat> and she's very selfish with her crayons, you know, and you do, you know, but this is where they decided to take it. And the other thing I noticed a lot was like, which I figured out, I was like, why are so many of these shots so fucking blown out? 
you know, like I'm kind of surprised seeing this. This is kind of much from a Guy Ritchie movie, a movie that money was fucking spent on. Yes. You know? And then I was like, I know why. If it's blown out, Madonna looks younger. Nice. That that was a good catch. Yeah, apparently the film was originally uh, 115 minutes, but it was cut down to 87. But I can't imagine that this film would be better if it was longer. Yeah. That's not that's not the fix to whatever this is. I will say there are two positives to this film. Number one, it's only an hour and a half. And number two, it killed Madonna's acting career. Yeah. So there are there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So like like again like it's in his it really occupies its own category of bad for me that I can't like fairly you know like I think this was fucking horrible. I think this should be burnt and buried under the ground and the ground be salted after. You know. Yeah. But yeah. I think only one Bob and Star would kind of straighten it out. Yeah, Bob and Star swept away. You and know, it's like, Madonna, and it's an Italian guy, and it's also Bob and Star. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, man, I wish I, you know what? I, I, I just feel really bad that I wore my denim culottes when I got. Stranded, you know? <laughs> oh, you know what would be great? Stranded culottes. Those flowery ones that you have. Oh, yes, those ones were the... Yeah. Yeah. Where did the other two go? I don't know. I think they're having sex again. <laughs> I think they're having... Look, they're having a fight on the beach. Should we stop them? No, I just want to watch for a while. Did you see her Wait. eating out of his hand? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I've never kissed a guy's knee before. Is that something? Is that something the young people are doing? Is just kissing knees? Because I've never kissed a knee. I never kissed. I never kissed Jerry's knee. Whatever the husband was. Yeah, I would watch uh, Barb and Star swept away. One hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So here's a fun story. So this movie was filmed in the Mediterranean Sea in October of 2001, and they had increased security on set because of 9-11. Yes. And that reminded me that post 9-11, a lot of people were insane because it was a real big uh, terrorist attack on America, on American soil. A lot of people were freaking out and, and anthrax. And, and so I remember hearing on the radio a story post 9-11, that Linda Ronstadt bought a specially designed gas mask to fit her dog. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. And I and I just love that because post 9-11, people had the wrong ideas about a lot of things. And I just love the idea of the Taliban having their Taliban meaning. And they're like, gentlemen, we must destroy all of the things that mean the most to America. First, we destroyed the Twin Towers. Next, we destroyed 
Linda Ronstadt's Chihuahua Fido, <laughs> America's best dog. Then we bombed the set of Swept Away, of Madonna's newest hit. Like, terrorists don't give a fuck about you. This film broke me. This, uh, the, film, the film broke me, and I can tell you the exact spot where the film broke me. Okay. I, I would watch the film in like 15-minute intervals. I would watch it for 15 minutes, then I'd just pause it for a little bit, walk around the house, stretch, say hi to people, sit back down, watch 20 minutes, pause it, maybe go outside, get some fresh air. Yeah. Get some water, pause it, watch it again. I can't imagine watching this in a theater. But um, the part that broke me where I wanted to quit was when they're having the we love each other and we're happy on the island montage set to the song Fade Into You by Mazzy Star. <laughs> like, fuck. That song was almost a decade old by the time they used it. That, so that scene feels like a parody of other movies. Yeah. This this movie broke me almost fucking immediately, man. Madonna just fucking killed it. And it was like, there is no way. There is no way you can take this character anywhere where I will yeah. not despise her. I do not care if she does a, a full circle around and becomes a good person. I don't care. I despise her now. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I, it just I, got worse. The movie made me really uncomfortable in the beginning because uh, the star is named Giuseppe, but everyone just calls him Beppe, which is my dad's nickname. Yeah. So that made me uncomfortable, but then Madonna just calls him Pee Pee, which is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, this movie sucks. And the scary part is, is that this is number 100 on the list of the 100 worst movies of all time. So, this is the best of the worst. It is only going to go downhill from here. Yes, it is. It's only going to get worse than this. And I was curious, so I, so I, so I did look over the list at the other movies, and I'm like, I don't know, man. After this, like, sure, The Love Guru is a bad movie, and sure, it's it's a pretty offensive character in its own right. I don't know if it could be this consistently just. Bad and okay. offensive. Okay, so while we're talking about the list, uh, a few things. Number one, uh, I have seen The Master of Disguise once in my life, and I do not know if I can watch it again. The movie sends really? me into a violent age, and I do not think that I can sit through it again. Fun fact about the movie Master of Disguise, they filmed the scene where he's trying to get into the turtle club by dressing as a turtle. They filmed that on 9-11. Yeah. And that's really great to think of like, okay, is everybody ready? What? Terrorist attack? Oh, that's sad. Okay, so I'm going to get in my turtle outfit and do the worst scene in the movie. 
<laughs> of course, let's remember all the victims of today. Also, we're going to film the turtle scene now, so uh, uh, I'm just yeah. I, I, I'm curious. I have not seen it before. I've seen clips of it. So it's so bad. I'm, it's I'm curious. You know, uh, and from from Justin to Kelly, that yeah. is a bad movie. But one positive I will say about this film is that uh, Justin Guarini and Kelly Clarkson were were the winner and the runner up of the first season of American Idol. Yes. Um, America's Got Talent and The Voice have both been on the air for a combined total of 83,000 seasons. Can you name me one winner of either show? No. Neither can I. No one. How is that fucking possible? But I could name you, if I was hard-pressed, I could name you about two or three winners of America's Got, uh, of of, uh, American Idol. Yeah. And I had never watched a single episode of the show, not even when William Hung was on the show. Yeah. Anyway, there's a point. If I could, kind of- if I could catch like the first episode or two of a season, I'd be good. Are they making fun of the bad people? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 I'm interested to watch the Son of the Mask. Yeah. Because the star of it, I have a story about him being tricked into making a super far right wing movie. Yeah. And I wanted to do it in act one, but I'm like, no, I should turn it into a shab. And I'm like, no, I need to wait for the perfect time. So eventually we're going to watch number 10, Son of the Mask, and I'm really excited. Okay. I've got a great story. Uh, my my uh, child, Bella, has seen the 2018 movie, The Open House, which is currently number 52 on IMDb's list of the bottom 100. It was one of those nights where it's like 1 a.m., Bella can't sleep. They say, I'm just going to put some stupid movie on Netflix on in the background and then do my thing. And it ended up being one of the worst films of all time. And the next day, Bella was enraged. What enraged? She was enraged. They were enraged. And I wake up. And Bella's just there. Okay, Dad, so I watched this movie last night on Netflix. It's called The Open House. And fucking... Like, she was... They were just on fire. (laughs) How pissed off they were about this movie. So I'm really excited to watch number 52, The Open House. Yeah. But we've got a, a, a list. Okay, so I'm heading now to the poll... And a surprise entrant. Okay. A surprise. I wanted to do In the Name of the King, a Yui Bowl film. I thought people would vote for The Love Guru, but with 22% of the votes, in third place is The Love Guru, in second place is In the Name of the King, and in first place, our next film that we will be watching next week is Street Fighter... The street. No, it's not the Chun Li story. It's Walk Hard, the Chun Li story, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dewey Cox plays Chun Li. What's her name? Kristen Kriuk. Okay. She was in Smallville. And 
nothing else, apparently. She was Lana. She was Lana in Smallville. Okay, so is this like a Street Fighter arcade game movie? It's a video game movie that gives a backstory to popular character Chun-Li. Not like a remake of the Sonny Chiba classic or... No, 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 no. This is, this, is, this is based on a video game. And I am currently uploading it right now to our shared uh, Waka Waka. Uh, it currently has a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. It was made in 2009. Uh, so th- this isn't that old of a movie. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan is in it. Wow. And, uh, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, Vega, who is one of my favorite characters in Street Fighter, is played by one of the non-popular members of the Black Eyed Peas. Okay. Oh my god, there's Will I Am, and then there's Fergie, and then, and the rest. One of the and the rest plays Vega in this. I am so excited for next week's movie. I've never seen this before. It it it's uh Chun Li is like an Asian fighter from Street Fighter. She's from Hong Kong, and they got this white Canadian to play her in Uh-oh. this American movie. And so it's one of those movies. You know, like another film on the bottom 100 is Dragon Ball Evolution, a live action Dragon Ball movie starring all white people. <laughs> so it's a long, it's one of those movies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for next week. This should be okay. a really bad movie. This should be horrible. A- any, anything's got to be better than this one, man. Oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I am interested to see if they get worse from here. Yeah. I'm interested to see that, because Swept Away is a horrible fucking movie. I can't wait to delete this forever from my computer. But And you know, uh, you know there's still a chance that we we hit a misunderstood gem. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. There's always that chance, but I don't think the legend, Street Fighter, the legend of Chun-Li is going to be it. But it will be up on the shared cough cough soon. It should be up there now, in fact. That's what we're doing next week. Number, what did I say? I already lost it. Number 93? Number 95? I need to get this right, otherwise I'm going to... Number 92, Street Fighter, the legend of Chun-Li from 2009, starring a member of that creepy sex cult. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about the creepy sex cult. Yeah, she was a member of the creepy sex cult. That Which one, one that's called just Roman numerals, so there's, it's a creepy sex cult called like MVXIM or something like that. Yeah, yeah she was a member of the sex cult. Okay, sounds vaguely familiar. Well, the head of the creepy sex cult, his right hand person, his number two, his Bob the Goon was the blonde woman from Smallville. 
Okay. And she was on the news a lot. Oh, Smallville star in uh, arrested as being part of a sex cult, arrested for sex trafficking and yada, yada, yada. So she was the main one who was like one of the heads of the sex cult. And apparently she got Lana from Smallville to also be in the sex cult. So it, it, if the movie's bad, at least we're going to have a fun time talking about a sex cult. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so we're going to... Oh, that'll be fun. Talking about sex cults is so much better than this week's movie. Also, I want to take this time to say, because when it comes to these, this... We're doing the 100 worst movies of all time, and I just want to have fun with it. So reviews are starting to come in for Loki, the new Disney Plus series, which has its first episode this Wednesday. Yeah. I am so excited, and reviews have come out about how Loki is traveling through time trying to repair the broken timeline caused by him taking the Tesseract and going off having time adventures in uh, Avengers Endgame. And so the, the, in the first two episodes, one of them is set in the 1960s, and one of them is set... During filming of the movie Holes with Shia LaBeouf and Sigourney Weaver. Okay. For some reason, one of the episodes of Loki features Loki time traveling to the set of the kids' movie Holes. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing Loki when I can. I'm really excited for that because that's some bonkers shit. Falcon and the Winter Snowman was kind of what I sort of expected. Like, yeah, it's it wasn't as yeah. much fun, but it was also like kind of important. The only you know? thing I liked, the only thing I liked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is uh, the fact that Bucky was doing a My Name Is Earl. Yeah, and also Baron Zemo was the fucking best. Yeah. Oh, I would rather just watch the the Zemo show than have to just watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier fight and then be friends and then fight. Yeah, you but know? you know, but it just it, it was, was just a, a movie that made a nice transition. Yeah, from a Steve Rogers Captain America to, to a, a a Falcon Captain America. I swear to God, I I feel like I have been waiting for decades to see the May Queen in a goddamn Marvel movie. Which one she's going to be in? Because she's Black Widow's sister. Oh, okay. And in the comic books, Black Widow's sister does take over as Black Widow... In the comic books, which means that the movie Black Widow might set up Florence Pugh, the May Queen from Midsommar, being a member of the fucking Avengers. Really? 
Yeah, that is a possibility. And another thing, uh, on Friday, they opened to the public Avengers Campus, a Marvel-themed land inside of Disney's California Adventure theme park in Los Angeles. And the Marvel area there is an alternate universe where Iron Man is still alive and he's converted one of uh, his dad's old car factories into a science campus called Web Industries, where they develop new sciences, uh, primarily for Spider-Man and Iron Man and other Avengers. And one of the students who works at Web Industries is Peter Parker, because people don't know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And they actually have Tom Holland in the Spider-Man ride, and he does the voice for Spider-Man, and it's really interesting. But while you go through the line, you are looking at pictures of all the other students who work at Web Industries. And one of them is the young kid who is now 17 years old, the young kid from Iron Man 3. Yes. But now he's grown up and he is working for Tony Stark. And people are focusing on that so much that they're not focusing that one of the other scientists is a fairly full-figured blonde young woman in her 20s named Doreen who lists her passions as helping animals especially squirrels it's squirrel girl oh Disney theme park when you go into the main gift shop at Disney's uh at the Marvel Land you see this the ceiling and there's all of these different uh like easter eggs and stuff in the corner you see the potato gun that the kid used to scare off iron man in iron man 3 and you see a hoverboard that's been that has had uh iron man uh, stuff uh put on it and you see all of these things but in the corner you see a small gumball machine but instead of gumballs they're nuts uh-huh. And there's a sign taped to the gumball machine that reads, Snacks for Tippy Toe. Tippy Toe is the main squirrel sidekick of Squirrel Girl. <laughs> this is very important. This is so, and this is gonna be this is gonna be where? It's at Disney's California Adventure, the Disney park that is in what used to be the parking lot for Disneyland. Yeah. You remember they had that big-ass parking lot, and you would park in different... Oh, remember, we're at Pinocchio 5. That's where we parked. We're in the Pinocchio lot. Yeah. And it was this massive parking lot eventually they said okay well we can make like a 20 story a 30 story parking lot and then use this space for something and they built a second theme park called disney's california adventure which bombed and since it bombed they've been trying to redo it and now there's a you know there's a different types of rides and stuff in there and and more thrilling rides and they just opened a marvel land in what used to be a bug's life land oh it's sad that a bug's life doesn't get the love and respect that it deserves but yes now there's a marvel land it just opened up uh two days ago from the point that we're recording this and i'm just obsessed with uh theme parks especially ones that have squirrel girl in it (laughs) biggest story of 2021 squirrel girls at disneyland
Big okay. deal. Big deal. Anyway, that's it for this week. Next week, we're watching Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, and we will be doing another uh, uh, the Pobon Film News smatterings. Is the WWE going to be sold soon? Oh. And also, the ratings are in the shitter, but that's beside the point. So, next week's going to be a fun episode. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, the highs, the lows, the ups, and the downs... There's lyrics to take me out to the ball game. Yes. Uh, Tyler Perry's Texas Chainsaw Expendables. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, what Grimy Mold Guy. Yeah. Grimy Mold Guy. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the person who makes that distinction, not me. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good stir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And on behalf of Maxwell and Natasha and Bella and everybody else, I speak for me. I try and mention the people who have been heard on the podcast. So Amber hasn't said anything out loud that people could hear. It, she did. Okay, I know. I'm just clarifying for the fan base. For the poffies. For the poffies. Oh, okay. So on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and Amber and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And she do show up was Skitty Papa Doo Wow. Cut and print. Cut and print. <laughs>